Novinha, fica tranquila. Welcome, folks, to another edition of RSF Radio. I am your host, Joe Monday, and today we're going to talk about what we usually talk about is stuff that goes on on the front page of our Street Fighter. Uh, that's right, folks. This is the podcast where we talk about the news of the week uh, and also kind of just, I think we're going to branch out a little bit. I got some advice from you guys, the listeners, and I think that it will not only just extend to the subreddit. It's going to mostly be from the subreddit, so there's going to be, all like always, the links below in the comments. Uh, but there's going to be stuff outside, um, and we'll see how that goes, at least in this episode, see how that goes. Um, we're not going to like go too crazy and talk about things that are well outside the realm of the FGC. Like We're not going to talk about the, the god of war, dad of war, so don't worry, no spoilers. Um... Maybe we will talk about the God of War Just for like a second Just for like a second Bear with me uh, And I'll wrap it around Because it's, you know A lot of people in the FGC have been playing the God of War You see it pop up on FGC Twitter all the time now uh, But what I find specifically funny about that situation Is that anytime I see like On any like gaming podcast Or uh, anytime someone has to talk in front of a microphone About the game and the developers uh, they, they talk about Cory Barlog, and all of them mispronounce his name, and they say Cory Balrog, and it, it makes me think of an alternate universe where Balrog develops the God of War, and it's funny how he's like Ed's dad figure, and that's funny. It's very strange how that works out. So that's the only spoiler cast of Balrog of War, uh, is that people in... Like people with like gaming journalism say, say Cory Balrog instead of Cory Barlog. Like, I don't know. I've, I feel like I just heard so many times recently. It's like, you could just like get the name. I get it. Like, you want to see the Gandalf fight the Balrog on the bridge to somewhere. Or, you know, you want to throw a turn punch here and there and kill Akuma with two hits. I get it. Like, that's okay. Balrog's pretty dope. It's pretty rad. But come on, guys. Just like read with your eyes. Like the art, I can do it. And I'm not game journalism. I don't write about games at all. Who would write about games? Writing about games is dumb. Who would do such a thing in perpetuity? In like the length of like a book, perhaps. That would be weird if someone did that. That'd be dumb. Uh, anyway, this is a podcast where we talk about what's been going on the front page of our Street Fighter, and so we're going to do that. Uh, and the first topic is something that popped up and I'm super happy with, uh, because she was just on the show. Uh, but Combo Queens got a big interview series on SRK. Um, is interview series the right term for that? I don't know. It's just a big interview with like everybody, like a group interview, basically. Um Going through asking a broad swath of questions to a number of owners and members of Combo Queens 
and in general, a pretty good read. Uh, and if you have, if there was any question in your mind of like what Combo Queens was or is, uh, you can find that information here. There's a whole lot going on. Uh, I recommend reading through it, uh, especially for the lady listeners out there, because that's something you might want to take advantage of in the future. Uh, but also, let's just like, you know, maybe if you're a dude, you want to read it, because, you know, there's a lot of moves happening in the scene, so it's it's good to at least like see their process and like as they talk about it and you know how they, how things came to be. So if you want to start your own thing, maybe it doesn't have to be just like gender related. Maybe you just want to do something for yourself in your own local communities. Well, guess what? These girls know what the fuck they're doing, so check it out. Okay. Uh, next bit of information. I actually I always hate having. Here's here's my aside, just for like podcast inside baseball. Uh, I know a lot, most of the people who listen to the podcast only listen to the show through the audio. I get that. Uh, but there's also the video portion. And in the video portion, like up and to the left of me, is where I have the thing displayed of, here's the thing I'm talking about. It's right there. You can just like, here's, here's the website and it's open. SRK, for whatever reason, just it shits the bed. Just that website in its entirety, if I have it open for like longer than the time that it would take for me to like read one of their articles, uh, it's just like, hey, um, uh, I, I'm going to need to break. I'm going to need to break. Uh, it's going to happen. And it's, it's really unfortunate and I don't like it. Uh, it's, oh, it's a bad website to have open in a browser. I don't know exactly what's wrong with it, but sorry, SRK. I'm putting you on notice, I'm putting you on watch, on browser watch clear your history uh but anyway next topic uh chris t and mana rd from this past weekend uh this was the finish to uh this past weekend's big tournament uh which man i'm like blanking on it i'm gonna have to go back in and like and re-edit this the last round of it was in what was it called it was in the mm. what was it called? Oh man, I'm gonna hate myself for doing this. Anyway, uh, regardless, grand finals of that tournament ended uh, pretty rago, as I saw some people say on on Twitter, uh, and that was pretty exciting. Oh man, I'm gonna fucking kill myself for not thinking about that, not remembering a lot, having it like written down. Uh, mm, that sucks. Have things. Hey, other podcast note for you guys out there who are listening. Have notes. Uh, speaking of taking notes, something that Chris T does in this interview that he had with Daigo, uh, which is our next topic, uh, taking notes the whole time and knowing what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, this is a incredible interview, uh, I think, because it's a very highly skilled player talking to one of the most skilled players, and they're having a very in-detail conversation about some very specific topics. Uh, and... The things that, mm, the thing about me, and you might have known from if you are a listener, but I don't typically like to, I don't like to ride Daigo. Um, I typically go against the grain on that a lot of times. He's proven me wrong time and time again, uh, and I think that's great. It's great to see him continue to be a very strong competitor and a driving force within the community. Uh, Daigo Beast TV is, the Beast TV is doing a whole lot of really great production stuff, and I think this is probably part of it. Uh, 
I think someone from Beast TV edited this. Uh, I can't be sure because this is also like a very well edited interview. Uh, Chris asks his questions in English and it just immediately cuts to uh, Daigo's response and has subtitles. It's very good. Uh, and he asks some pointed questions here of, eh, not really pointed, but like very high skill level questions, specifically mostly around reversals and how to read your opponents. Uh, and there's something about it that just, hmm, the thing, some of the things that Daigo says is just, it, it's made me think a little bit, made me reconsider, like, um, you know, maybe, because I like to think about Street Fighter V specifically of, you kind of just have to play it really safe because there's so many, there's so few options, right, that it kind of doesn't make sense not to place the safest bet. Uh, but some of the things he says here is just like, no, just go ahead and do the risky thing just because, you know, you might be playing against a, like, it, this game allows you to much better read your opponent in terms of what, or at least how they are, or perceive themselves as a player, how, what speed they're playing. And from there, you can make your decision on whether to reversal or not. Or maybe take like that big risk of, if you can't whiff punish with a normal, whiff punish with a Shoryuken or a flash kick. Why not? Because, I mean, you obviously are looking to have that read. Why not go the crazy direction? Isn't that much more of a statement? And, and that's, that's a very brief synopsis of just like one of the many topics he talks about. Uh, very interesting stuff. He gets into... Uh, how do you play with anxiety? Like, well, well, Daigo obviously doesn't really get nervous at all, but Chris explains, well, this is something that I get nervous about. Like, being on the main stage, questioning all of my decisions. How do you deal with that? Because he's, I mean, Daigo's cool as a cucumber. He's cool as they come. Uh, you like to think about Sleepy Daigo. He's, like, in the highest pressure situations of the most uh, high-stakes tournaments. And just... Dead face, dead ass face. Just next game, play it, play the set. It's because he's so focused, uh, and he's so centered on the one goal of oh, I just have to play my game. I'm focused on my game, and uh, his answers are really uh, are really good, and probably work for a specific type of player. Um, this his advice doesn't actually apply to. Uh, here's like the trick about this whole interview is that his advice does not necessarily apply to new players or players learning the game or players who don't know all the options. Players who haven't done their homework and don't have like the full breadth of a game plan. Like if you know for example like it, like if you, if you don't know like how to whiff punish for example or like what to look for when whiff punishing or like knowing what buttons like can be whiff punished by your character or like what buttons give your character problems. Like if you don't have those things in mind already, you don't have that that like base level game plan like how are you supposed to be able to read your opponent's game plan and then make these like next level decisions which he's talking about and that's the that's where like Daigo gets his focus from it really is as he explains in this interview is more so just like he's been in these situations tons of times all he has to think about is the game focus on the game uh, Play your game, focus on what your opponent is doing, focus on what your opponent is telling you, and respond from that. Uh, otherwise, then you just forget about like the core concepts of you know what your game plan was, and you can lead straight from that. Other people deal with anxiety differently because they might not be on the level of Daigo. They might not play the game as much as Daigo plays the game. They might not have a game plan as 
tried and true as as what Daigo has, or what any other, what, like any n other number of uh, of top level players. But highly recommend watching this entire interview. It's 22 and a half minutes long. Uh, it's all in subtitled subtitles, and like 100% worth the read. Worth worth the read. Worth the listen. Worth the watch. Uh, please check this out. Uh, it definitely has given me a lot of food for thought on many topics that I thought were pretty like case closed, um, and kind of looking at things with an open, more of an open mind now. Um, so anyway, moving on to the next topic, uh, something for everybody. That's like some very high level play stuff. Now this is something just for everybody that we can all enjoy. Uh, up on Capcom Unity, they posted the latest stuff about costumes. Uh, this one is for Bison. Uh, and it is Bison in the Astarath crossover uh, from the, this is, oh man, Ghouls and Ghosts? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that game is very difficult. It's extremely difficult, very hard. Uh, regardless, uh, this post basically only explains, oh, I'm sorry, just Ghosts and Goblins, not Ghouls and Ghosts. What the fuck is Ghouls and Ghosts? Is that even a game that exists? I'll have to Google that. Man, all right, folks, uh, let me reel it back, because this is like the third time I've been like way off base, uh, and I just have to point it out because you know that's just the state of thing, the state of things right now. It's currently about 10 p.m. where I am, uh, and working the 12-hour long shifts that I have been, uh, and then doing anything additionally to that has just taken a massive toll on like my brain space and turns it mostly into goo. So if I mean, I've only covered like four topics and I've straight on like all three of them. Fuck. Like I've already struck out on four pitches, man, man, that's not a good at bat folks. That's not a good at bat, but regardless, ghosts and goblins is where this is from. Uh, the costume is kind of a more realization of it because that's, it's an old NES game, uh, and it's very silly to me. The belly is a big mouth that has an empty cavity in it, and I do, I do, it bothers me to look at a little bit. So maybe if you play against me uh, and you main Bison, maybe this is the costume that you choose because there's there's something that I that gets a guttural reaction from me. Uh, so anyway. Uh, this lays out the, the challenges that you have to beat and the dates that you have to play them through. And this starts on the 10th uh, and then basically goes until the 7th of next month. And so that's all like cut up in terms of getting the parts like you do uh, in order to get the entirety of the costume. Uh, it also lays out the other Shadowloo soldiers that will be available to fight. So get out your Rashidos and your hard cake eagle spikes, because that's that's how you beat that's how you beat the soldiers. You just do that over and over again and you win. Shh, don't tell Capcom. Uh what I usually in these posts, or at least sometimes in these posts, they'll say something like, here's like an update coming, or they they sneak some news in, some secret news. Uh, not the case in this one. Uh, at the very end, I actually find it... I can't remember... Here's the thing. I can't remember if they've done this before. Uh, but they specifically list out all of the previous crossover costumes. Some of which not available anymore. Like, at all. So it's like... 
or most of which are not available anymore. All of which, actually. Fuck. Uh, kind of is like a tease of, here's all the stuff you can't get anymore. Sorry. Uh, which somewhat leads me to believe that this was included in the end, like, maybe just to show, hey, look at all these crossovers. Or maybe it's just like, hey, like, maybe do all this stuff. You want to get your costumes now. Spend your flight money this way. Or maybe it's just thought of, we're going to bring this stuff back, so maybe look forward to this. I don't know yet. I don't know what their plans are. To me, I think it would be crazy if they don't bring some of this stuff back, just as an opportunity cost for, like, the work put into making the costumes versus, like, the actual effectiveness of people trying to get them uh, over a very short amount of time, like, in some cases, not even an entirety of a month. Uh, but I don't know, who knows, maybe like at the end of the season, here's my guess, here's my gut check, is that at the end of the season, within a year, all of those costumes will become available for purchase with real world dollars, and then they'll do a whole new series of costumes to do the whole monthly thing. That's like, I don't know that for a fact, but if I were to guess, that would be my, that would be my guess. Uh... Speaking of things that I had guessed, here is the Falk 100% kill combo with full resources and one reset. Here it is with Falk. We're at that level of of Falk on the tier list. Uh, next up is Falk is middling to somewhat bad. Don't you forget it. That's just how things work in the in the hierarchy of timing out your tier lists and deciding where a character falls on it within the first month of them being available we're at this part uh and i mean it's it's kind of just like the obvious thing like you see this with every character or basically every character when they come out is a couple days after release someone posts a quick clip video of uh something starting with a jump in combo the combo might be counter hit or the jump in might be counter hit uh, and then somewhere in there, there's a reset that, like, they have to reversal or something, or, like, it causes a stun, and then they spend all of their bar on V-Trigger and the full critical art, and then the character's dead. It's most often Cammy because she has the lowest health and stun. I get it. Uh, it just happens with every character, and this is the one with Falk. It uses V-Trigger too, which... I didn't consider the damage possibilities of V-Trigger 2 uh, until I saw this video, so there's like that. But at the same time, I, I still think V-Trigger 2 is pretty garbage. I don't think it's very good um, for a number of reasons, but specifically because V-Trigger 1 seems so powerful, at least to me currently. Uh, but still not yet to be determined because it's, what, not even been a month since she's, since, since she's come out. Uh, but we got some more tech for you. Some Falk tech. I mean, you could still check out the the mega thread that st people are still adding to it. Uh, I believe it's still stickied, uh, but this particular mix-up I thought was cool because it's a it's a spacing-related safe jump, which I always I think those are fun, uh, and it also shows usage of the down forward hard kick, uh, which can OTG if you didn't know, uh, can hit a ground opponent if they decide grounded opponent if they decide not to quick rise uh, and it like shows you where to lead with that uh, all using V-Trigger 1 which again I think is the proper V-Trigger uh, I, and I, I guess I have more of a, an opinion on Falk now it's, it's been a little bit more time since her release and I feel like 
she's kind of risen in in the ranks for me. I, there are things about her that I don't like. I don't like the cancel windows on her standing medium kick. That, to me, just doesn't feel good. Doesn't have a good feel to it. The combo feel doesn't feel quite right to me. I think it's mostly because the the cancel window is like ex like exceptionally long. But also, if you cancel late in those frames, then like it will like combos will drop. Uh, it just happens to be a thing that, you know, the type of input character that she is, like, same thing with Ed. Like, she's a little too far away, it will drop. Uh, if you, like, do that late cancel, it pushes them a little bit too far away, uh, and the follow-up will drop. Uh, doesn't feel good. It's like the equivalent of, you ever, like, you ever got on a bike, and when you sit down on the seat, like, the, the nut or something that, that controls, like, the pitch of the seat wasn't fully tightened. So you sit down, like, on the front. It kind of bends forward a little bit. You, like, just like you just started going down a hill. And, and you put a little bit of weight on, on the front end of the seat. And it just bends forward a little bit. It's like, ooh, okay, this is still a bike. And it still functions. And I'm not going to fall off. But, like, ooh, this doesn't feel great. Doesn't feel great. And I'm gonna try to put the brakes on because I don't like this situation because the seat's tilting in a weird way and I don't like it. Uh, that's kind of how the combo feels. So that's just a personal preference for me. This might not be the same way for you guys, uh, and that's fine. Uh, if, if, her brand, if her particular brand of input is something that you can get down with, then more power to you. But it's just not my, not my cup of tea. Uh, things that I think are cool about her. I actually don't. Here's, here's another thing. Another aside about Falk, not something that is brought up uh, within the topics of, of this week. At least I don't think so. This has been brought up on the sub. But there's just been a ton of bullshit on, on Twitter concerning her, her normals. Specifically, her extended pokes with the stick having, having hurt boxes. For whatever reason... Uh, I know what the reason. Here's the, here's the real thing. I know what the reason is, and it's that alarmist bullshit like that gets the most interaction uh, from your biggest like name accounts. So it, the most like top players who have like a lot of followers, uh, they pick her up for like a couple seconds and they see, aha, I can like look at me like with punish her her forward hard punch. Her, her hurt box is way fucking out there. How crazy is this? Am I right, Twitter? And then you just say like they basically it's like the equivalent of just saying like a little Capcom. Which gets, like, the interaction level on that as a viewer, especially if you aren't, like, well-versed in the game and, like, don't really know how, you know, if you don't have a good sense of, like, how fighting games are balanced or how, like, hurt boxes are balanced, uh, even, if, even if the thing that they're sharing ends up being actually egregious, which happens sometimes, but most of the time it's just some alarmist bullshit, uh, a lot to many players who don't have a very good idea of like just general fighting game balance or how things are balanced or what can make things balanced uh, it gets a huge reaction from those players and just from those fans and a lot of people aren't players so it's like okay uh, it's, it's like the lie makes its way halfway around the world before the truth has time to get its pants on to quote um, some I'm failing again. I'm failing, striking out again. That's a fucking prime minister during World War II. Why am I losing this? Uh, regardless, folks, uh, I think that she's 
I think that it's fine. Uh, I don't think that her normals are supposed to be used as, like, like I don't think she's a keep away character, even though she has the projectile like she has, uh, even though she has the long range pokes like she has. I, I feel like the way that her pressure is turning out to look like, uh, in my opinion, uh, it's the way that like her pressure buttons, like her stand medium punch, the way that it works, uh, that just like quick, very short range gut punch. Uh, I. I tend to not think that she's like a keep away zoning character. So I don't like when people compare her to Minot, it's like, okay, Minot is like extremely limited in terms of like, uh, like neutral option, like combo options specifically when she like doesn't have V trigger two like at all. Like she's extremely limited in terms of pressure. Uh, she mostly goes to keep away. I get that. So her normals, uh, effectively act the same way. Uh, Dalsim kind of in a different way, uh, not so much as as funky as uh, as Falk, but is what it is. Falk, I think, has better pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was about to say Falk has better pressure than Dalsim, but I actually don't know if I'm willing to say that yet, considering Dalsim's V-Trigger 2 now. I really like his V-Trigger 2. But at the same time, Falk has very similar things with her with her V-Trigger 1. So that's not... That might not be too crazy to say. Um, regardless, um, that's kind of my gut feeling on Falk, and I kind of have to give like a gut check on like everybody out there. Of if you see some alarms bullshit, just like speak some truth to it, like because it's so easy to just have those things retweeted and have like a quick laugh. Uh, but like I don't know, just like drop some drop some words in there and just say like, hey everybody, um, just. Don't you guys know, like, there's a lot of norms out there who, like, who do have hurt boxes attached to them. But also, maybe might want to take that into consideration when looking at the whole, like, balance of Falk and how she works as a character. Maybe think about that stuff for a little bit for more than two seconds. Just my opinion. Winston Churchill, by the way. Fuck. How, mm, man, how did I not get that one? Fuck. Me. Damn it. Um, anyway, moving on to the next topic. I gotta stop striking out. Uh, okay, so here's a fun little glitch, uh, and by fun little glitch, I mean, like, not very good glitch, uh, to come out in the latest patch of Arcade Edition. Uh, something that I thought that they had fixed, like, they had this problem before with, um, uh, characters like Alex, when he would do his, uh, his leg grab, he would lose charge because of the way that things would work, uh, or no, it was, um, rare... Okay, regardless, he would do that, he would lose his charge because he, like, switched sides. Uh, what this, and, and he wouldn't be able to, like, pressure with his, uh, with his charge specials after, on their wake-up. Uh, similar thing here, where Armika does her, uh, Rainbow Typhoon, uh, and characters like Rashid does the dash forward, uh, which is, like, that running dash, and then he does a jump forward, the inputs are up forward towards Armika, but instead of doing a jump forward, it's as if his inputs are backwards, and he does a jump backwards. So it becomes... It's like a weird, interesting situation where specifically certain types of dashes, so like Rashid's and uh, Colleen's V-Trigger 2 dash, because they're like they're weird and runny and special, uh, because of that... Uh, messes up the jump inputs but not the dash inputs for a weird reason 
it's ooh, it's so funky. It's broken in such a very special way. It's, it warms my heart to see things as broken as this. But it's not just Armika's Ram, uh, Rainbow Typhoon. Uh, it is also some certain throws that change position, uh, such as uh, Vega's Command Grab. That's a thing that will heal switch sides. Uh, and similar reaction changes the jump input after the dash. It's very it's a very strange thing. I like I couldn't tell you how that was coded uh, to make that to make that work. But regardless, folks, uh, hopefully hopefully this gets fixed along with the uh, pad players being able to block low, which has still not been addressed by the community or by Capcom at all, even though I think that's a huge fucking problem. Uh, okay, uh, here's another question uh, from people on our Street Fighter. This was posted by um, Feduio. Feduio. Feduio says, exactly. Uh, what's your preferred method to one hit confirm? Do you look at the health bar, meter bar, hit block spark? Do you use the sound? Good question. Uh, and I think that this is a kind of an open-ended question, and I think that other players will have different answers. Uh, one that I like to do, preferably, is look at the stun bar. It only changes whenever you get the hit. So if you look at your opponent's stun bar, uh, and you're trying to do a hit confirm, uh, and actually someone else asked me this question earlier, not specifically on one hit confirms, I should probably forward this to her just to, just for reference of like maybe in addition to the other advice, because she was more so looking for counter hit confirms, uh, but regardless, because I was like, you can just, I mean, you can also look at like the little counter hit that pops. It's a very, very little tricky thing there. Uh, but with this specifically, if you're just trying to get that one hit, uh, it was actually interesting to me to see a lot of players in this thread say, having that anticipation of there's only really going to be certain instances where you're going to have to use a one hit confirm um, many of them like there's some pretty easy ones I've listed a lot of the easy ones in like the character supplements for, for Geef's Gym uh, which I gotta go back and fix with a I think I'm still holding off on that because in my heart of hearts I want there to be a Zangief patch specifically just to fix Zangief but it'll never come I'm waiting for a patch that'll never come and that's that's the real heartbreaker uh, however, uh, there's a lot of like quote unquote simple one hit confirms, but there's like, there's some difficult ones out there. Like if you're trying to just cancel like a crouching medium kick into like super, for example, there's some things you got to look for and you got to be on point. Like if you want that to work, cause there's some instances where like you'll throw out your normal and like really there's only one situation where you know, your opponent has to throw something into it. So, like, if they get hit by it, you're more than likely just to, like, be in tune to seeing, oh, that hit, instead of, oh, they walk forward blocked. Uh, so then you can automatically cancel. You're going to be buffering it. Regardless of the situation, you're going to be buffering that special or critical or behind it. You're going to do that, but you're just not going to pull the trigger on that last button press until you know for a fact they've been hit. Uh and like I said, one of my preferred methods, there's a lot of preferred methods listed here uh, and what you can look for and like how to practice that. Um, but one of my favorite ones is looking, at least in Street Fighter V, uh, is looking towards the health bar. Uh, in Street Fighter IV, uh, I would look at the, at the meter, at the meter gain, specifically on, uh, on my opponent. 
and I'd watch that to go up. Uh, otherwise, I don't know. There's just it's whatever method works for you. But again, the stun bar only goes up whenever you make a positive hit on your opponent. It does not go up if they block. It doesn't move either. So it's like it is one or a zero there. So that's very easy to visually see and connect. Uh, and you can always have that, unlike sound, where like in like big major tournaments, you might not have access to like good headphones or like the. When I say good headphones, like they might not, but there might not be an audio solution for people who come to compete. Like the situation was at at Evo, it wasn't a very good audio situation. Uh, but you know, so maybe don't always rely on that one. That's like the one I would say. Maybe don't practice that one in depth. I mean, if you can always ensure that you're going to have a good audio solution, then then okay. Because I know like that's how I used to. Like I I am very audio in tuned. Like former musician, like currently dabbling in music. Uh, it's something that you key into. You you can hear the audible difference, and when there is no audio. Uh, that could really throw you off. So I actually started playing just sans audio entirely, just not even, not even a thing that exists when I practice. I, I just don't do it um, because, again, not always gonna be guaranteed that there will be audio. So just something to think about. Food for thought. Um, what's next? Some good news out of Capcom. Uh, Wake Up Wednesdays is back. If you don't know what that is, it is Michael Martin, uh, the. Capcom Pro Tour manager uh, talking about the Capcom Pro Tour. It's back. Uh, I really liked this show when the Pro Tour was in full swing. Uh, he hasn't been doing them since the Pro Tour was kind of in an off season and it's like just getting back into it. So it makes sense now that there are events happening that are on the Pro Tour that he would go in and do this now. So like that's rad. That's cool super excited about that uh, and I look forward to watching this every Wednesday to get updates on all the, the Pro Tour events that I miss because I work a lot uh, the one thing about this one I will say it actually doesn't cover much in terms of the actual games it's, like it doesn't actually fulfill its purpose of you know being the coverage of the events this one in particular the first one of the season actually more so talks about uh, why certain decisions were made in terms of the points system. Uh, a lot of people have, like, even when it came out, and yeah, our Street Fighter reacted to this, uh, that the points distributions uh, are not great for ranking events or for anyone who doesn't really place super high at major tournaments. Uh, very small points are getting uh, doled out to players who don't necessarily uh, place very high or can't really travel to a bunch of Pro Tour events. Uh, so that's like why we decided to spin up some major sponsoring. Uh, and did I, have I said this on this podcast? I say it so many times, but like, yep, yeah, M Lizard fully funded now. So M Lizard and Neon going to be going to Combo Breaker. Uh, so it's going to be great to have those players who are currently not sponsored uh, to get out there and get more uh, pro Tour points uh, to give them an opportunity com to compete on the main stage and get that big, big money or potentially become sponsored players so that they have the ability and the means to travel to more events and so that we get to enjoy to watch them play uh, as viewers. 
or you get to, because to watch them live at least, it's gonna be it's gonna be busy for me for a while. Uh, I'll stop. I'll stop that. That's that's a tired. I've beaten that dead horse now. Uh, regardless, uh, this kind of gets into why they made the changes to the points distribution, and I actually kind of agree with it. Uh, I kind of agree with the explanation. It makes sense in that basically what they expected last year was there's going to be you know good points distribution but there was like an inflation uh, and a lot of the the people in the top like 32 last year was like very sm like smashed together i think that with this new points distribution the the well performing players are basically going to guarantee themselves a seat because they're going to get like placed within like top 1 or 2 of if if you place more than first and second at more than one CPT event, like, you're probably gonna be golden. But then, like, it's those, like, eighth places, and, like, it's time for 16th places, where it's, like, those are where, like, those little points kind of end up mattering, uh, and there's probably gonna be very small points differences, I would, and, uh, again, I think I, I might be on record saying this earlier when we first looked at those, but, like, there's gonna be, you know, I'm very interested in, like, what number 30 is what number like 28 is how many points are I going to have I think that's going to be interesting this year uh, and that was their explanation and hopefully things up, end up going good uh, regardless uh, I just hope it makes people hungry uh, to compete and you know forces more more players to get out to more events so that every tournament is a threat and every tournament is exciting to watch uh, that's always good news uh, for the community and for the mm, it's for the community in general. It's just good for the community, I think. But regardless, uh, moving on to the next topic. I'm looking forward to the next Wake Up Wednesday and can't wait for updates on things that I missed throughout the week. Uh, here is a post that came in uh, pretty late, uh, earlier today, in fact. Uh, so in preparation for uh, the Street Fighter 30th uh, anniversary collection, uh, Street Fighter, or can I just say like Street Fighter? No, Capcom. Capcom in general, but like Street Fighters, you know, their whole uh, marketing arm has been pretty much in full force with this. Uh, and they released this video. Uh, this was really, oh, actually this was released by PlayStation. They must still be getting that PlayStation money. That's interesting. I didn't know they were still in bed together. I thought they were ex-lovers, but look, they turn around and hop back into the calling their ex up late at night, making that hotline bling. Um, regardless, they put out this video. It is part one of a series I would expect to lead up into the release, uh, which is exciting. Uh, but it's really cool because instead of getting like a voiceover man, they get James Chen. And I feel like I know this isn't what happened because he's very clearly reading from a script. Uh, he's just, he, he's not a voice actor. He's not well read with scripts. He's well versed in, in Street Fighter, which is why it's very interesting to like hear him say all these things and like his whole history with the community and the scene. Like that part I love. Like they're leaning into that part, which is like they could have gotten, PlayStation could have paid businessman, uh, voiceman to say the things about the Street Fighter games, but instead they pay James Chen. Or maybe he did this for, like, in my mind, my heart of heart, I know this didn't happen, but in my gut, I just, like, I wish that they just put him in a sound booth and were like, hey, uh, Street Fighter is, the 30th anniversary is coming out. Uh, how you feel about all, all games? Talk about Street, Street Fighter 1. 
and went, oh man, Street Fighter 1, what a game. Like, what a, look, look at this thing. Look at all these characters that it had before. It had Gen, it had Sagat, and actually set up the story for Street Fighter 2. Like, in my, I know that didn't happen, but like, in my gut, I want that to be like, hey James, tell us about Street Fighter 2. What was Super Turbo like? Tell us about the Super Turbo. And then he just raps about it for how, like, in my mind, the recording session lasted, like, three days, like, fully recorded. Like, he's just locked in a booth talking about it by the end, saying, like, I'm very hungry. But then they're like, James, talk about Third Strike. And he's like, oh, fuck, Third Strike is real good. Uh, <laughs> I want that to be the reality, although I know that I know that it is not. Uh, but regardless, this is actually a very well, like, all things considered, very well produced video and it's really great to hear James talk about like the very specifics of development of these games and like the release of the games what they meant for the community what they meant for just video games in general uh this is some really cool stuff uh, like the hist like the lore of Street Fighter like pe when people like people still do really care about the lore of Street Fighter and it's just something that you know it's probably what has this most, this most what's going for right now but regardless uh I'm looking forward to the next one of these, and I'm very glad that they got James Chen to do it. So here's the other thing: maybe James Chen won't have, won't be the only one to do this. Maybe they're they're gonna get some other people in here, like uh, you're like Ultra Davids, your Alex Valles, and maybe some other people. That would be that would be interesting. I don't know that to be the case. My assumption is that it's just James, but we shall see. And I look forward to the next one where he talks about um, probably like Street Fighter. Alpha series, probably the Alpha series next. Third strike, perhaps. Uh, we'll see. But a well worth the watch. Uh, it's 15 minutes long and very entertaining. Uh, okay, uh, so ooh, mm, I turned on the Twitter before I started this podcast, uh, so I don't have like a our Street Fighter link to this. But breaking news, everybody! Breaking news. Uh, I'm just super excited about this, but. Uh, a rival uh, member of Super Square just made a post on the Twitter of I don't know what this is for but it's just like debut of Street Fighter official music video for Street Fighter and like A their music is dope uh, B A rival's been in the community for a very long time uh, just search I wonder if you could just do a Google search for DJ iPad would that work it probably, that's probably too general DJ iPads with face. Um, DJ iPad. Okay, no, that's his face doesn't show. Well, DJ iPad face. Mm, no, it still doesn't come up. That sucks. I was hoping that it would. You just get DJ Khaled and then. Oh boy, yeah. Don't safe search off on that one. That's that's a bit grotesque. Uh, DJ iPad, a rival, uh, member of Super Square, made an announcement that they're doing something Street Fighter related. Uh, if you don't know his music and their music, um, for example, I use a lot of his music during the tournaments. Uh, the Street Fighter Cross Mega Man remixes, uh, all him, all very good stuff. Uh, those usually get called out in the chat because they're like, oh man, is this like an 8-bit version of Gothi? I'm like, hell yeah, it is. Check, check out my guy. Uh, he's also done music for Crypto the Necro Dancer and a whole slew of other things. Uh, but Super Square is like like the main band that he's in that he tours with. Uh, and 
Uh, and they just made just official music video for hashtag Street Fighter tomorrow. So look for that news tomorrow. Breaking news. Breaking news. A lot of people, they'll be hearing this on the day that it will be coming out, which will, to date this, it is May... Oh, fuck. May the 4th. God damn it. It's May the 4th for you fuckers out there. But May the 4th is when they're making... Did he intentionally do that? He's a fucking nerd if he did. And he probably did. That son of a bitch. Okay. Uh, so that's official music video Street Fighter Day. I don't know what that means, but I'm excited. And that's super cool. Super happy for that, dude. He deserves it. Uh, okay. Uh, going into the next segment. Uh, usually... Oh... Usually we have shit post of the week. I'm changed up. Uh, a little change of a pitch. Uh, someone suggested, "Hey, why don't you just like ask people what they want you to talk about, and then talk about that?" So I was like, "Well, okay, um, good suggestion." So I took it off to the Twitter and I said, "Hey, Twitter, um, on my Twitter account, not the R Street Fighter Twitter account, which is at Reddit SF." I was like, "Hey." Uh, What's good? Here's some topics. Which one you want me to talk about? I could talk about managing anxiety, Evo travel tips, or how to make really good pizza. And voted by everybody, uh, which is the topic we're going to talk about, managing anxiety and stress. Uh, this one actually, this one I hold pretty close to my heart uh, because I have I happen to have like a lot of anxiety. Uh, this might not come across uh, on stream. It might not come across uh, in video. It might not come across in the podcast. But just massive anxiety, and not even just like for competing or competition. Just like it's something that even after years of years of doing things that I'm like comfortable in, like stand-up comedy for me was never. I was never comfortable doing it. And like, just yeah, all, I always had that gut feeling of like, oh, I'm gonna fucking suck. Like almost every time, like before starting this podcast, I get this butterflies being like, you're gonna duff it, and then immediately duff the first three topics that we talked about this week, right? But like, the, there's still like a certain like moving past. Like you gotta, you just gotta keep the train rolling on that one. But there's a lot of anxiety that comes with that and I'm, I happen to be like have like crushing anxiety and it's terrible I've written about it in, in Geese Jam it's one of the it's like what we end on like the letters from letter from the author which was like the losing to yourself posts which was well in advance of Geese Jam which I included because a lot of people like that post regardless managing anxiety so this actually this comes in a lot of forms so like when I say an answer to this is not something that will apply to all players uh, it will be something that will be different for everybody uh, and how like they manage stress and how like how they even get stressed is another thing like I've met people who before we play their hands are just like they've got like the, the shaky hand now, like I don't get that kind of anxiety I don't get that like jittery anxiety I get like the like the gut reaction of like there there's something burning in me telling me not to do this thing and like the second guessing myself like it's it's a it's a mental anxiety for some people there's like a visceral like shaking anxiety and for those people there's actually like some physical things that you can do in order to satiate that or at least limit the effects of that anxiety uh and the number one thing you'll see from 
anyone you ask about this, like doctors included, is breathe. You have to, and this is true for, this is mostly true for everybody, but like regulating your breathing, it is something that even when you're playing, you will not realize you are doing this, but you will have been holding in a breath for like 30 seconds and you go, <sighs> end of the round, you go, oh, man, forgot I was just using so much of your thought space energy to to play the game that you're not thinking about, oh, I need to not die. Uh, I have to breathe. Breathing is a thing that I have to do to like live, so I should do that. Uh, that is a train. That's a trained thing that you have to actually practice doing. Is like taking long breaths, especially like at the end, like when you can, when you have the ability to be cognizant about it. Just slowing it down, going okay, into the mouth, out through the nose, or is it the other way around? I am not a doctor. They don't, I'm not, well, at least I'm not a doctor of health. I'm a doctor of science, but not a doctor of health. Uh, consult your doctor on whether or your yogi master of which orifice you breathe in and out of when you're trying to control your breathing. I don't know which, not a doctor. Uh, regardless, that's like very easy step one. Very easy step two is to like stay hydrated. A lot of people, uh, a lot of the time are very dehydrated. Uh, and that can really lean into the physical effects of anxiety. Uh, I know that I don't drink enough water like during the day. That is something that I have to like continually go back and, and think about of, oh, I have to drink like, I have it like set like a, like a schedule of, okay, this is like the time that I have to drink the water so that I don't die of dehydration. It's, it's not that bad, right? It's just like, it's something that, especially when you go out to events, especially when you go out to events that happen to take place in the fucking desert uh, that you have to plan for and you have to have a lot of water for. Uh, that's, this is kind of a side, like, Evo travel tips, is, like, go out to, like, a CVS or somewhere if you can have the... get transported somewhere where there's, like, a... what's it called when you get the food? When you go to the food store, grocery store, uh to get like a bunch of water get like a lot of water like a case of water more than a case if it's gonna be more than just you in a place because you can give other people water you need like a lot of water that you can carry with you uh, luckily they let you uh, bring water into that that venue which is great uh, sometimes you're not allowed to at other venues but the one at evo they allow you to so that's awesome uh, if your local allows you to bring in water they fucking shit I don't know many places that don't allow it uh, do it just stay hydrated make sure that like because here's the other thing with drinking water and drinking water in between sets is that it is something where you can do a mental reset of, of drinking water uh, similar to after a set re-controlling your breathing uh, you can also like rethink about breathing whenever it's like you've been knocked down just think okay calm it down think, learn to breathe uh, but with water specifically it's like you can just do that almost like as a tick of okay you have to drink the water because you can't breathe while you're drinking the water and that sets another signal in your head to oh yeah I should regulate that as well and it's just a whole like it's a whole thing 
so very important. Stay hydrated, have the water. That's just like some of the physical effects. There's also like some stretching you could do and some uh, like mental, uh, uh, what's the word whenever you sit down, think about stuff um, for a long time. Meditation starts with an M. That's right. Meditation. That's a word that exists. Man, I'm so, I'm fucking up so hard right now. Uh, so meditation is something you can do. And when I say like meditation, a lot of people who haven't like tried actual meditation before. I just think of it as like very common, just trying to like specifically like not try and think of anything like at all and just like clear your head. But like, it's not really just trying not to think about something with meditation, at least in my opinion uh, and in my experience of because what's what will happen whenever you meditate and you don't do this during the match because like it involves like closing your mind and not thinking and you should probably think when you're playing street fighter maybe not when you're playing street fighter 5 but that's a whole nother rago situation uh so with meditation i have found it to be very effective when i'm trying to clear my my mental stack of just closing the eyes a thought will pop into my head because that will happen. That will happen in any form of meditation. You'll go, okay, I have a thought in my head. Instead of being like, okay, don't think about that thought and repressing that thought, you have to just like wrestle it and go, okay, why am I having this thought? What are solutions that I can do to get this thought out of my head? Like, for example, like I could say, oh, I have a very, like, man, I'm so nervous about my very strong opponent who I'm going to play next and then just think, no. But what I do personally when I something that I personally use to get over that particular brand of anxiety of thinking that I'm playing someone who's going to like way outclass me is just think, no, I know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm better than them. Like this is something that I have learned, at least in my opinion, helps me uh, play better against players who are like very on a technical level and like a historical level much better than I am like have put in a lot more time into this game and put in a lot more energy into being good at this game I can beat players like that by having that mentality of no I'm just better than them I have to say it to myself and I have to like fake it till I make it but along with that uh, well let me let me go back and just uh, to have the closing thought on that meditation is that you have to wrestle that idea that pops into your head and get rid of it like wrestle it until it is not in your mind anymore and then clear the mental stack just one at a time as things come into your head think about them figure it out push it out and and that has to me has been an effective form of meditation now back to thinking that i'm a better player uh and it's not a when i say that that can very often be misconstrued with uh like thinking too much of myself or like being too full of myself uh, and overestimating my own abilities uh, to which some extents like that is true but it puts me in a position of and I only am comfortable feeling this way because I know that I've put in uh, a lot of the research and somewhat of the practice I should practice more this is where this is the part that gets me uh, in in actual practice uh, when I'm playing someone who is better than me regardless um, I know that I put in the work I know what my options are I know what my opponent's options are and because I know like I know the play in my head of like how things can go because in Street Fighter 5 it's like pretty limited in terms of how things can go I know what ranges I want to be at I know like how to read my opponents most of the time 
because I know those things, because I've done a lot of that research, I've done my homework, I think that allows me and can allow you as a player to say to yourself, I'm better than this person. I know that I'm better than this person. I'm going to bop them. And it gives you a certain level of confidence of, oh, I can like watch this, everybody. This player's about to get dunked on. And you can really burn through some like a lot of skilled players if you just have that gut instinct of like, oh no, like I'm going to reversal here because fuck you. Like, because that's why. Because you expect me to respect you because of the kind of player that you are. But nah, son. Like, I'm going to play like ultra defensive or whatever. And then like you knock me down and then just go rag on you and like let it rip. Uh, and just change your pace that way just because I know you're not expecting it. Because I know in my mind I'm better than you. And that's kind of like a lie that you, have, that you have to tell yourself sometimes in order to give yourself that boost of confidence to get rid of the anxiety. I've played some skilled players and in my head just think, no, I'm better than you. And it's fine. What kills me is when I'm playing against players who like, I like mentally like, no, I'm probably better than them. So then I start like respecting them, expecting them to do like the quote unquote, like correct motion, like go through the motions or like stand at the right range or like anti-air me when I jump. And when they don't do those things, I'm like, hmm, they just, they must not know. And like that, I can trip myself up over that. Regardless, back to anxiety. Uh, when you mentally tell yourself that you're better than someone, it gives you a certain like power over any kind of mental game that might, that they might be playing against you. Uh, but again, you have to be like ultra cognizant, ultra focused on your own game. You can't just have that thought and that be it. You also have to like recognize in your own game of like, okay, that decision that I made there was dumb for this, this, and this reason. And like, this is how, this is how a good player would adjust to that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And just like make that like, you know, if, if I were a good player, I would make this decision instead of this extremely reckless decision. Or like, if I was a great player, I would make it regardless. That's another thing you can do. Uh, other people have like stage fright anxiety. That's, that's a huge thing. A lot of people aren't used to being on stages or being in front of a big crowd. There's a lot of players who, who get that main staging anxiety uh, just because I feel like there are a lot of, there are like a lot of new players who are getting to that position a lot quicker than, you know, a lot of the, or at least they're showing up on the main stage more than a lot of the old veterans are. Just how things are turning out with not only Street Fighter Five but with other games as well. There's a lot of people coming coming up in DBFZ. Regardless, with that, uh, there's a certain amount of to get over the anxiety. You just have to do it. Like you have to get as many out of your system until you're good and it's over. It's like I hate using this example, but I think it is an effective example in order to show you how like things can like maybe go bad and like be awful. Uh, and it's that there are a lot of people out there who the first time that like their first sexual experience before they have it, there's a lot of anxiety of, I just, I mean, I gotta have that sexual experience. Like it's like all they can talk about or all they can think about is like, I just gotta have like, mm, I gotta break that seal. I gotta, I gotta do that thing. Like it's the only thing I just gotta go after it. So it's like, 
first time you on a main stage is like, oh, it's, I'm, I'm here. Like, you're just so excited. It's like all you can think about is like, ah, I'm on the main stage. It's like, and usually when that happens, you look like an idiot. You embarrass yourself uh, and whoever you're with. And, but in, in the sense of being on stream, you're also embarrassed by thousands of viewers at the same time. It's like having your first sexual experience streamed out to thousands of people and everyone's disappointed. It's kind of like that. And to that I say, not for sexual experiences, don't force yourself into the situation, but just get yourself out there like as much as possible in as many situations as possible. Put yourself in front of people who are going to come down on you hard and make you feel the pressure of the environment that you're in. Having that, having that happen a number of times puts you up to the plate. It's like driving. Like you're not comfortable the first time driving, but like a couple years you're just like, I'm going to text while I drive. I'm super cool. And all the cool kids text and drive. Don't do that folks, by the way, just for safety first. But like you get put in a comfortable situation where you get comfortable with things. That's another way you can deal with anxiety. Uh, if there, if you are experiencing other forms of anxiety, uh, let me know. Uh, respond, reply to uh, either this post on our Street Fighter or on Twitter. Uh, if you have other ways that you manage your stress and anxiety, uh, write in for those as well. Oh, there is one more I want to talk about, uh, specifically with stress management. Uh, and I don't, I hate to bring this up again, but I happen to lead a high stress, uh, like career high stress. Like when I like again, like before I sit down to do this, I could get super stressed out. It just happens because there's so many things that like I actually want to do and like a lot more that I want to do, but like specifically, specifically with work and thinking about the, like the stack of things that I have to do and the stack of responsibilities there, uh, beyond all of that all of the stress that is caused by all of like the work and things that are preventing me from actually like doing the stuff I want to do in the FGC uh, this could actually be like a thing for you like if, if money is preventing you from getting out to events if you have that kind of like financial burdens if you have time burdens if you have familial burdens uh, I say like burdens not as like a negative but just like things that you have to deal with in your life around the FGC there are thousands of people who have uh, crazy like way more busy lives than I do that also compete and perform well and follow that passion of theirs and to that I have to say you just have to keep going you have to dig it, it it's not that if you think about it for too long and you think, ah, oh, there's so like, cause in my own mind, like here's like, here's a very like real example of something that I am very stressed out about doing. I'm very stressed out about having that looming stack of, of character specifics for Geef's Gym. I want to get those all knocked out for the third season. There's a bunch of characters I haven't done yet and I got to redo everybody. They've all got new V triggers. That's, that's a huge amount of work. I just have to start it. I just have to do it because if I start doing it and I hold myself to that, like it doesn't matter if I tell anyone else about that, like no matter how many people I tell, 
that I'm going to do it, it won't actually start the project. But just getting that foot in the door and just like making that happen, taking that first step of going and doing, you stop thinking about the stress. Like, of, oh, here's how much more work there is to do here. That immediately goes out the window because you are then task-oriented with, oh, I just have to do this next task. Oh, I have to add a feature confirm here. Okay, let's just go down list. I have Ryu to do next. Okay, so let's start with Ryu. Okay, what do I have to add to reuse? What doesn't work with Ryu? What do I need to add to Ryu? And then when it becomes task-oriented like that, then it's like, okay, there's no longer the stress and the overbearing anxiety of, oh, I have to, this big imposing thing is being held over me. Um, that is no longer a thing. Like, you just think, okay, well, what's the next task? Uh, specifically when applied to, like, fighting games and, like, doing, that, that more so applies to, like, things surrounding fighting games. Like, do your job first. Take care of it. That's just a task. Do your work. It's a task. Do some practice. Make it task-oriented. Don't think about, like, oh, I really should practice. Just go do it. Like, cut out a little bit of time. If you have to, like, have to, like, work some scheduling things, just cut it out. And having that level of practice and, like, having to say, like, oh, I took care of that task will give you the confidence to, like, you just won't have that anxiety. Or what you can do. Uh, and that's just like more of a, a looming anxiety of, of the things that are surrounding fighting games. But if you happen to be someone who just gets that gripping anxiety, uh, I say use it. Uh, use it to your advantage. Uh, there's, I've done this before. And it's, it is like hard to explain exactly like how this works or the physicality of how this works. But just flipping that switch of, oh, I'm very nervous right now. Like, gut check, take a pause, go to the character select, and just go, I'm very nervous, but I'm not nervous. Like, I just like, tell myself, nope, like, can't afford to do that right now. Not going to happen. Like, and just using that, like, it, turning that into adrenaline, like, and making that just, like, course through. Like, I know, for example, I cannot have coffee or any kind of caffeine before I play fighting games. I cannot do it. I don't know how some people do it, where they're like, they can slam a Red Bull and like be fine with their hands. If I do that, I'd have a fucking heart attack. Uh, I need to take the edge, and this is probably not the, the best thing to admit, coming from a long line of alcoholics, but like, it really helps me to have a, a depressant such as alcohol, just a little bit of alcohol. Just take like, and not a lot, because like, you still need to have the, like, be wary about your hands and your ability to actually perform. But just like for me, a little bit of beer, maybe a little bit of whiskey, little nips, nips for the road, uh, helps me out. It helps me just to take care of that, just like that, that gripping anxiety, that like visceral feel of anxiety. Uh, and that can somewhat be like, okay, even if it, here's the other thing is like, it doesn't have to be like a lot of, it's be like something that you do. It could be like something like a sip of water, for example. I talked about this earlier. Like, actually hydrating. Just thinking like, oh, I just need water. Just like, tell yourself that. If I do that, then that'll make that feeling go away. Or like, because for me, that's what it really is. Like, and I tell, I'll tell myself this. You'll hear me say this on stream. Where I think, oh, I'm, I'm really second guessing myself about all these decisions I'm making. Uh, I just need a drink. 
and then I'll like have a couple sips and then just I'm like over it because it's like, oh, I did the thing like the the, the cure all like the here's my snake oil that that I'm selling myself uh, in order to like forget about it and have it not be such a mental blockage. Uh, anyway, that's about all the time I have for this week. Uh, so what I like to do typically is end the show on a FGC history. Uh, a match from uh, the past uh, that has some significance. Uh, and I think that one that is a good way to like wrap up a little bow. Uh, this is like, I usually dig deep and go pretty, pretty far back in FGC history. This one in particular, uh, pretty recent. Evo 2017. And I specifically bring this up because it is a very good example of someone dealing with stress very well and someone not dealing with stress very well at all. Uh, you have Tokido on one side uh, being very meditative, uh, just in the zone. He's doing his breathing, shaking it off. He's like, he's like, he's using some kinetic energy. Like there's some players like you just need to like wrap on those buttons a little bit. You need to hit them pretty hard. And then like once you get that out, it's like, ooh, okay, now I got that adrenaline. Like I'm... A, a pumped up I had that gut feeling and then it's like ooh like slap a cold water like let's let's go some players need that Tokido's doing all these things he's like he's shaking it off he's taking he's drinking the water he's getting ready and then cut to punk I specifically want to point this out in minute uh, minute 11:49, basically uh, it cuts to punk's face this is right after he loses the first set and I remember this moment when it happened uh, in the stadium, I leaned over to my wife and I said, if Punk doesn't take a minute, if he doesn't send it back to character select, because it was like like right after that loss, I, I leaned, like people are cheering and I go, hey, if he doesn't go to character select, he will lose. He's going to lose this. like, And it's going to be free. Like, it, He's gone. He's like mentally out of it. You can tell by the decisions that he was making in the game and how dominating Tokido was in the neutral. Like... Not changing it up at all, just doing the things and Tokido just taking well advantage of that because he wasn't focused on his game. He was focused, I, at least I can't say this, I can't speak for him directly. It just happened to show through his play that there was, he wasn't thinking straight. Uh, and just, you can look at his physicality. He's This is a player who was dominating that season, uh, playing everybody with a smile, just knowing, knowing that he was the best. Gets a little bit of trouble with Tokido. Immediately hits that re rematch into the, next into the next series. And as soon as that happened, leaned over and went, it's over. Tokido has won. It will be free. And the <laughs> grand finals reset was free. Uh, and that happened. So that's a good example of how being on that main stage can shake you even if that entire season you've been the strongest player in the world if you've been so dominating to get to that main stage you got a big stadium of people never been in that situation before and there's that crushing pressure sometimes you just need to take a minute send it back to character select think about it just go okay what was i doing that wasn't working how can i manage just one of the situations being thrown at me because if it's like, oh, I did a missed input there, it's like, okay, just don't don't mess up your inputs, just just don't next time. It, it's it's not something you should dwell on. 
I know that I I have personally dwelled on like missed inputs or something, and I think ah I need to I need to correct that. So maybe I'll try and do that exact same same combo when it's like no I'm not actually thinking about the situation anymore. I'm thinking about that combo that I fucked up. So I'm gonna like try and prove to myself that I can do that combo when really I should just be thinking well what combo is best for the situation? What kind of hit confirm is best against what my opponent is trying to accomplish defensively? Because those things matter. It's not, it's not a catch-all, apparently. Uh, but this is a good set, a good example of that. Uh, a player just cracking under the pressure. Uh, and I think kind of wraps things up with, you know, how, just how to deal with anxiety. Uh, and I will also point out at the end of the, the Daigo interview that we talked about earlier with uh, Chris Tatarian and Daigo from Beast TV um, or the Gauntlet podcast, uh, Daigo talks about anxiety and having that stress and... He says some things on that topic that were very thought-provoking, and I will think about for, uh, for the next couple weeks. And hopefully you guys will come back next week. Uh, speaking of time dilation and how... Oh, fuck, really? I talked for over an hour? Also want to point out, it is stiflingly hot in this room right now. It got hot immediately. There was no springtime. It was... Oh, it, snow it like snowed last week, and now it's summer! Uh, which I'm not okay with. Not okay with that. Uh... It's been rough. Uh, and being in this room, like, I haven't turned on the AC yet. Uh, there's a big computer right next to me, and it is just, it's billowing out heat. I'm probably flushed if you're watching the video. Uh, I'm not, like, I'm not embarrassed about the things I've said. I'm not, like, peering a, a cute lady, uh, not blushed for that reason. It's just, it's stiflingly hot. It's fucking hot. Uh, but that's, that's the show, folks, and I'll catch you guys again next week again. I'm Joe Monday. You can find me at Super Joe Monday on Twitter, or you can find me at Reddit SF, which is the official Twitter account of our Street Fighter. Uh, look for the posts in our Street Fighter for this podcast, or uh, dig into the comments on the YouTube channel, uh, where I'll share all of the posts that we talked about throughout the, throughout the show. If you want to go back again and like watch that interview, which I again recommend you do, uh, as well as all the other things we talked about. Uh, if you have any comments, concerns, leave, leave your posts uh, there or at me on Twitter. I'm probably going to try and do uh, another uh, interact with the community more uh, through the podcast. So look for posts either on my Twitter account or the official Street Fighter Twitter account for questions like we did this week uh, on topics or just things in general. I haven't quite figured out how it's going to go, but we'll see how that goes next week. But until then, until next time, folks, you guys take care. We'll see you next time on another edition of RSF Radio. Take care, folks.